I like how our uh, profile pictures both we have faces that just can't exist in real life. Well, that's how it is in real life too. <laughs> what faces that can't exist? Yeah. Oh, okay. We and have you know non- what? Non-existent faces. Non-existent faces. Yeah. This is all a matrix for sure. Matrix face. Matrix. <laughs> matrix face. <laughs> there we go. Oh, oh man. All right. Jeez. Okay. Um, well, I guess we've started the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we've started the podcast. Speaking of Eric, I'm I'm Dan. Yeah, and I'm Eric. And yeah, and he's Eric, and and we are the Accelerative Thrust, and this is the podcast. Here it is. Well, it's not the pod. It's this is an episode of the podcast. This is an episode of the pod. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Hey, um, Limp Biscuit canceled their tour. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh Just couldn't get it up, huh? (laughs) It was just too limp out there um, so, even the medication was not working uh, why 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 did they do that uh well actually it was for a legit reason it was over concerns of covid i guess oh. that their um guitar player uh wes borland uh mm-hmm. may have contracted covid i don't maybe they know by now so wait you're saying wes borland didn't have a mask on <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that happens, does it? Yeah, no, never. That's crazy. <laughs> I never thought of it that way. Um, um, but yeah, huh? That's interesting. It is. It I'm is sure ticket sales are just through the roof, and it, you yeah. know, they, they were like, "God, I can't believe we have to cancel this tour. We we sold out almost every show. We really wanted to see Fred Durst look like a dad." You know, I was thinking about that. I, I finally looked at the pictures. Yeah, I don't get it. It's like the Beastie Boys did the same thing like oh yeah 30 years ago and everyone's like oh they're fucking great the Beastie Boys and then Fred Durst does it and they're like what a dork like, you know I'm I'm not convinced <laughs> I'm actually not convinced that anyone actually cared yeah. I think <laughs> that the people who were typing the articles oh. just did that like just made it seem like everyone cared I see yeah I mean that that's what I think I mean it because yeah you're exactly right not only did the beastie boys already do that kind of stuff back in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fred Durst already did that stuff back in the nineties. <laughs> like seriously um, on the family values tour. And even in the, um, well, Wes Borland did it too. I mean, yeah. in the faith video, the video to faith, their cover of um, mm-hmm. the George Michael song, they he's dressed up like he's got a mustache. I mean, Wes Borland, yeah, why is it so weird that Fred Durst would do something like that when he's know. in a band with Wes Borland? Yeah, right. <laughs> like, yeah, you can't have two weirdos in this band. Yeah, exactly. Just can't no, no bands ever had two or more weirdos in it. I do got to give credit where credit's due, though. I do think that Fred Durst rocks that look pretty well, actually. Oh, the like, one in the windbreaker and the gray hair. I think it looks yeah. good. He looks like Owen Wilson and Royal Tenenbaums. Sort of, mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't or know. Maybe Some kind even, of Matthew McConaughey, something. I don't Ma- know. Actually, I think Matthew McConaughey might be even more appropriate to yeah. describe. Uh, I think he looks like Owen Wilson in anything, really. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Owen I mean, Wilson. That's, 
One yeah. of those guys we've mentioned. I, I'd be more apt to get into a band that had that guy as the lead singer than what we know Fred Durst looking like. You know, you mean the red hat? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I kind of like. I mean, maybe I'm, maybe I'm a little Janko-ish for this podcast, but I kind of like the red hat uh, sort of. I think it's kind of an iconic symbol of my 1998 existence. Yeah. I can see that. <laughs> it's yeah. sort of, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, for me anyway, uh, that that's the Fred Durst that I grew up. I'm very protective of the Fred <laughs> Durst that I grew up with, you know, but that's the one that I, that's the Fred Durst. I know. I don't want this old fangled <laughs> Fred Durst. <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. Give me boomer. the new, give me the new metal Fred Durst. Yes. The new metal Fred Durst. The one he that puts likes the, the new and new metal. Well, it just seems old. <laughs> seems more interesting to break stuff, you know? Yeah. That's, Besides your hip. Yeah. Which is what he would probably be doing in this getup. Yeah. 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 For people with red hats on backwards don't break hips. Come on. They Not break their stuff. Own. <laughs> no, yeah. They break they stuff. They break other people's hips. Exactly. I mean, there's a difference between stuff and hips. But you know what? That would actually be really cool. If he did, if they rebranded that song as break hips, <laughs> it would be so like, is that the song where they talk about the motherfucking chainsaw? Is that the song? Yeah. I'll, I'll skin your ass. Raw. I've never heard the real song. I don't think, but there's like this Seinfeld remix. I mean, it's been on the internet for like 20 years, but every time I hear it, I it's, it's so funny. I can't get over it. Yeah. I I've never heard that, but anything oh, it's good. Anything that involves Seinfeld is I'm automatically a fan. Usually. I mean, I, you know, like it's so much better than something like friends or. Yeah. I've never really seen friends. I've heard. Really? I've heard people say they like it. Yeah. It's, it's not terrible, but it's um a lot, you know, the people who really hate it, really hate it. Yeah. I, I didn't like a lot of things when I was younger. Like anytime a show had like, People who had friends, I mean, so obviously friends, um, but people who had friends <laughs> and or money yeah. or whatever, like I, I just couldn't deal because I was just like broke and friendless. I felt like and it was yeah. like, well, I'm not going to sit around watching popular people's problems. Like, I don't give a shit, you know, mm. like 90210 and stuff. No way. No, thanks. you know, but there is one thing interesting about 90210 is that, uh, they actually reference Twin Peaks and David Lynch quite a bit in that show. Really? Yeah. It like it's so bizarre. I uh remember because my sister used to love that show. Yeah. And okay, I this is going to maybe lose me some friends saying this, but <laughs> I went through a phase like after like a couple years ago. I'll just leave it at this. I went through a pretty dark period of my life. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I found myself watching reruns of Beverly Hills 90210 wow. almost every day for about two weeks. I don't know why this happened. Did it did it help? Did it help you out? You know, in a weird sort of way, I yeah, I guess yeah, that happens. Like Absolutely it's, it's, that it's happens. so weird. Like I yeah. and I have no explanation why I gravitated towards that. Yeah, but there there was an episode where Shannon Doherty mm -hmm. and I can't even remember the name. Well, there was Luke Perry, but he was mm -hmm. like kind of the you know like he was sort of like the uh, the popular you know hunk 
you know, or whatever that mm-hmm. was hardly ever around, you know, the storyline of course, focused a lot on Shannon Doherty's character. Mm-hmm. I can't even think of her right now, but her name, the character's name, but anyway, okay. They were having a conversation and somehow like David Lynch huh. and twin peaks like came up and wow. like, they referenced that there was an episode where they um, were messing with an Ouija board. There was actually some like kind of dark things in that show that Shit. I think all right. Well, I guess I'll, yeah, no, I'll no, give no, it a okay, chance. Okay. I'm going to watch the entire thing tonight. Whoa, well, oh, okay. I'm going to binge go, it. Go right ahead. <laughs> but I am going to caution. I am not recommending anybody does does what I did <laughs> and watch it daily for two weeks. It was weird. It was a weird thing. Hmm. I have no explanation for it. I can't defend it. It happens. But I, I'm also yeah. I'm also not going to. I'm proud of it. I'm going to be proud that I watched yeah. Beverly Hills 90210 rewind. Sometimes you just need what you need, you know? Yeah. It. I don't know. It was weird. Yeah. There was sort of this weird comfort level. Yeah. You know that, okay, I'm watching this show about people who are, have it infinitely easier than I do right now. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know, maybe there was a little bit of drive in me after watching it. Like, okay, well, there's this, there's like one guy who was in a band and he mm-hmm. got a record deal. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go oh. get a record deal now. There you go. I mean, that it didn't happen, but. Oh, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, but you were inspired. So that's I, good. yeah, I was inspired. I mean, his music sounded like the Seinfeld theme song. Oh, so no wonder he got signed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, back then that was what was going on. <laughs> Everyone was playing slap bass on their keyboard. <laughs> Yeah. Was uh, that what that was? Was slap bass on the keyboard? Yeah. It was all played on the keyboard. Cool. Yeah. That works for me, man. <laughs> um, I had a dark period where I got way into 99.9 Fahrenheit degrees by um, Suzanne Vega. Oh, yeah. And yes. no joke. It's the only album I listened to for my entire senior year of high school. I was nah, depressed. Yeah, I, I don't believe that. Eighty days. That's all I listened to. What? Yeah. Well, you didn't listen to anything else. Like, are you serious? Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe if I was in the car with other people, but at home, that's the only record I could, I could listen to. That's. And it was amazing. again. It was sort of that. I don't know. Like being depressed. If something makes you feel good on any level, you just kind of keep doing it, even if it's illogical. Yeah. And even if it's like something that like, you know, uh, seems uncool, like, yeah, seems horribly uncool for a 38 year old. I was 38 at the time, a long time ago. I mean, that was way back in the day. Yeah. Two years ago, pre COVID, (laughs) anything pre COVID is way back in the day now. Yeah. It seems really uncool for a 38 year old to be watching Beverly Hills at 10 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) And it was like back it was like back-to-back episodes for like three hours too. So, wow. and I was really, I was getting into the characters too. I was like, Oh, okay. Like I felt like it was like 1991 and like, okay, mm-hmm. what's Rachel going to do this time? You know, what's <laughs> I started like actually like talking about the characters. Like I knew them. Yeah. It yeah. was insane. And for well, two weeks, must have needed insane. them and they helped. So yeah, I good on them. I mean, if any of them are listening, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, no. Brandon. Shannon, Brendan. Yeah, <laughs> Brendan. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it's it's weird what you gravitate towards during dark periods. Yeah, it's 
stuff that you don't expect. I would have expected to be listening to black metal or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But no, sure. actually I listen to black metal when I'm happy. I mean, yeah. <laughs> as odd as that sounds, it's like, Oh, today's a great sunny day. I'm going to throw on some dark throne. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I just realized that, um, uh, Leland Palmer was on 90210. You mean the, uh, character? the actor Ray Weiss or not the character. Yeah. The actor. Okay. Yeah. And Laura Palmer's, dad yeah. laura palmer's dad okay gotcha All yeah right. i you might know, have said the, leland palmer yeah yeah the, okay the um incestuous uh, murdering rapist dad. and ended up kind of being bob right yeah uh, yeah yeah kind of a the, cop out yeah exactly like, <laughs> like oh that guy didn't really do that terrible shit to his daughter no yeah yeah it no. was just the pure evil came out of an atom bomb oh wait spoiler alert <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah spoiler alert everybody if you haven't seen yeah, Twin Peaks, if you haven't seen Twin Peaks don't listen to this show <laughs> that's all we're going to talk about we pretend this is a music podcast no this is about Twin Peaks it's really a lot of other shit in disguise yeah yeah Anyway, it's really what it is but let's yeah pretend so, uh to review some music <laughs> yeah let's do that like this is this is going to be a fun pretend yeah the first one I'll bring up is an EP. We have a couple of EPs today. So yes. I don't think that's going to make the episode any shorter because we are full of shit regardless of what <laughs> we're reviewing. So, but yeah, this one is uh, by the group or band uh, Place to Bury Strangers. It's called the Hologram EP. It just came out and um it's pretty good i like uh a place to bury strangers um joe from a band i play in called peanut ricky showed them to me um and i really liked it and so i assumed i was gonna like this and i did but i will say i felt like it was it was pretty different than what i've heard before from a place to bury strangers uh i would say the older stuff that i've heard it was a little darker feeling to me it was almost almost like neo-goth like she wants revenge or oh children which we reviewed on here just like really gothy it was really shoegazy and stuff too really curish with all the guitars and things like that and it had elements that continue over into this ep but i felt like this was a little I don't want to say poppier because these are not pop songs by any means, but slightly less dark, a little, maybe a little more upbeat. I don't know how to say that, but it's still very spacey, shoegazy, uh, really no wave kind of sounds, especially with the percussion, which sometimes feels like real percussion, sometimes feels like drum machine. Um, it's just kind of noisy dream pop stuff, which is, amazing which is super good and i sort of i sort of like that it, it changed a little bit because the other stuff i've heard and especially pinned the record before this it almost felt like maybe they had sort of reached a sort of pinnacle with that kind of stuff and i think they did need to explore a little bit more to find some new interesting avenues to take their music but yeah i would say that uh it still has that dark element to it don't get me wrong but this is a little closer to maybe like um johnny jewel type uh stuff so like the chromatics and things like that but also uh like the first jesus and mary chain record 
maybe something like Suicide at times or Spaceman 3, just stuff like that. So still all the same elements from the previous releases, but maybe just a little uh, less dark and a little, uh, just a little bit more fun. So I don't know. I think someone might put this on and be like, I can't believe that idiot said this is fun. But comparatively, it's much less dark than the older stuff. It is only about 22 minutes. It's an EP. But the record that came before this was only like 33 minutes. So I figured, you know, what the hell? It's like two songs less, maybe. So I really enjoyed it, though. And if you like that kind of stuff, if you like dark, spacey, shoegaze, dream pop, I definitely think you would like this. What do you think, Dan? Yeah, um, I really like this a lot. Let me preface this by saying I fucking love the first two uh, Place to Bury Strangers albums. I've liked this band for quite a while. And I have to agree with you that it definitely is kind of toned down, at least in the noisy sort of department Mm -hmm. of especially the really raw production of like the first album in particular. Mm -hmm. Um, I noticed that right away. It didn't really surprise me though, because the full length that they put out before this EP Mm -hmm. um, kind of was heading in this direction as well. A little bit more, um, Mm -hmm. I would say, yeah, like you said, Eric, um, not really poppy, but poppy, or at least it would probably be a lot easier to, like somebody who is not really into like noisy production Mm -hmm. um, and like strange sounds, it would be easier to introduce them with this EP as opposed to the self-titled, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely dark new wave. I, I would recommend this. If you like anything by my, my bloody Valentine, mm-hmm. Sonic youth, new order, the cure. Yeah. Very shoegazy. I also want to say that some of the like drum machine, I like the fact that I couldn't really tell at times yeah. if it was a drum machine or if it was live drums. Mm-hmm. But in any event, the drums kind of reminded me in a weird way of Big Black a little bit, (laughs) like in in some cases. Mm -hmm. And then the last song, Mm -hmm. the melody of it, and I don't know, you might disagree with me here, Eric, totally reminded me of the song The Promise by Win in Rome. Oh, I don't know that song. You don't know that song? No. Uh, Uh I promise you, I promise you. You don't know that song? Oh, yeah, maybe I do. I didn't know who. Have you seen the the movie? uh, Have you seen Napoleon Dynamite? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's the it's the song that plays during the credits. Okay. And I got to say, I love that song. I've Mm -hmm. always loved that song. As a result, I love that last track on this album. Cause it totally reminds me of that song in a weird sort of way. It doesn't really sound like it, but mm-hmm. the melody is very similar. Yeah. I thought this was yet another great addition to a place to bury strangers. I think it needs to be uh, mentioned that there is a wonderful documentary um, called, I, what is it? Good night, Brooklyn. I think, hmm. I think that's what it is. That is talks about a play, uh, the guy, the main dude from A Place to Bury Strangers, and forgive me, I for, I uh, forgot his name. Do you know his name, Eric? Um, no, I don't. Uh, he and it might have even been the full the whole band like lived in this apartment building in downtown Brooklyn, and uh, they ran a venue 
out of it. Mm -hmm. And it, it became a very pretty big venue for like the indie scene. Then it ended up getting, um, the building actually got bought out by vice. And so they ended up kind of getting evicted because of vice. It also talks about how this band, uh, actually they make their own pedals and stuff like that. And so they actually had a, have a company and I think it still operates today. The company still does. Maybe I'm wrong. Wow. But they were actually selling their own pedals. Yeah, dude. Check <laughs> I'll have to check into that. Yeah, that sounds check cool. This. I think it's called Goodnight Brooklyn. Um okay. but uh it's a very, very, very cool documentary. That's actually my introduction to this band. Cool. And uh yeah, great documentary. You should definitely check it out. Anybody who's listening that hasn't seen it. I recommend it 100%. But yes, uh, so a lot of the weird sounds, especially on those early records, came from their own pedals. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's amazing. Okay, so the first one that I'm going to talk about is this record called Humbug by this group called the Arctic Monkeys. Now, the Arctic Monkeys are from England, and they had quite a bit of hype. around the early 2000s, they kind of fell into the whole, you know, garage rock revival sort of thing a little bit, though I think that they were completely different than that. Uh, But they just, they seemed to acquire success around the same time that bands like the White Stripes and the Hives and the Strokes and Mm -hmm. stuff like that um, kind of came to fruition. Uh, This is their third album, which came out in... 2009 so it's kind of an older record but also kind of a newer record i was a big fan of their first two albums um so i kind of held off on listening to this one for a while Hmm. but then i found out that it's actually was co-produced by josh homie from queens of the stone age oh shit okay which i was just like that makes so much sense when you actually Mm -hmm. listen to the production on this record. Cause one of the things that I really like about this record is the production. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got a very kind of almost stoner mm-hmm. rockish about it, but not really. It's got kind of a psychedelic vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, and it actually, it sounds like a journey through like the desert or something. So, and you know, Josh Homme, he, I mean, Queens of the Stone Age, that's their whole like persona is Mm -hmm. like the desert, you know? And so it kind of makes sense when you listen to this record. I think the guitar work on this record is some of the best that I've heard from anybody, honestly. I just, Mm -hmm. I love the tones they're getting. There's a little bit of twang involved. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just a really interesting record. Some of the lyrics maybe get a little silly, Mm -hmm. but I sort of think that that's also the point. The Arctic Monkeys, for anyone who's been familiar with them, I mean, that's kind of what their thing has always been, honestly. I mean, their first single that got them recognized was called I Bet That You Look Good on the Dance Floor. Hmm. You know, and it's, I would say that the, the earlier Arctic Monkeys, and I don't know how familiar you are with this band, Eric, was definitely way more garage rockish than this album in particular. And mm-hmm. from what I can hear, this is kind of a standalone album for them. It doesn't quite sound like anything else they've done. And from what I've, because they've put out a few records after this, um, 
I think that they kind of maybe went in more of a commercial direction after more commercial. Cause I mean, this is really, this is a pretty accessible album. It's not like it's crazy experimental or anything. I mean, the songs are very catchy and very easy to get into. There's nothing that's like really, none of the songs are particularly long. They're pretty much stay within the range of like two to four minute songs. But I just, I really like the feeling. There's, there's a certain feeling about this record that I really enjoy. I think it's put together very well. I think that the um, sequence of the songs is done well. I think, you know, it sounds like a record that they put a lot of thought into, Mm -hmm. or maybe they didn't put, it's either they put a lot of thought into it or they put hardly any thought into it. And it just turned out this way. I'm not sure which one it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in any case, I think it's just a very cool rock record. Some of it reminds me of like something you'd hear maybe from, I mean, some of it reminds me of the Beatles. If maybe the Beatles had distortion pedals, mm-hmm. some of it reminds me of even some stuff like Rocky Erickson, you know, or, something like that. I hear elements of Queens of the stone age. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think that that can't be denied. I even hear, you know, some stuff like, you know, nineties alternative rock type stuff. Like I mentioned folk implosion on this show before Mm -hmm. I can hear some stuff kind of coming around like that, you know, Um, dinosaur junior a little bit, but overall it's totally their thing. And uh, I really, really enjoy this record. Um, What did you think, Eric? Yeah, I uh, I really enjoyed it too. I've never heard the Arctic Monkeys before, mm-hmm. um, unless they have some big ass hit that I could not have ignored. But even if that's the case, I don't know that that band is the Arctic Monkeys. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and so I was really surprised, and it's hilarious that Josh Homme produced this because my notes say. Somewhere between Queens of the Stone Age and Black Heart Procession. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I heard that Queens of the Stone Age big time. Yeah. So they, that's yeah. cool because I had no idea. And yep. it, so with that being said, this was way more rocking than I anticipated. Like, Oh, yeah. What I thought the Arctic Monkey sounded like, this isn't it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it started and I was like, oh, shit, this is rock music with guitar solos and like it was rock music so yeah uh it like i said it was a lot more rocking and stuff than i anticipated it was also more theatrical you know it was like more almost like vaudevillian it had really great songs really great playing and actually besides queen of the stone age and sort of the mood and some of the movement of black heart procession the thing it reminded me the most of is hot hot heat and especially the makeup or the breakdown record, which also is very theatrical and I think goes a lot of different places. But honestly, lyrically, you can tell that it's more about phonetics. You know, it's like yeah. how words sound more than what they mean. And yes. that's okay. Definitely a lot like Hot Hot Heat hmm. and the strokes, you know, that kind of yeah. stuff, of course. Yeah. But I also heard a, like a, a little bit of Brit pop kind of stuff yep. too, you know, yep. stone roses and blur and that kind of stuff. Ooh, that's, that's um, the stuff that th- that describes it perfectly. Yeah. And so, but yeah, that Queens of the stone age comparison can't, like you said, can't be denied. No. Um, 
but yeah, I would say if you, if you like hot, hot heat and black heart procession and Queens of the stone age, first of all, you're a fucking weirdo like me, <laughs> but I think you'd really like this. And people probably who like some of that stuff have probably stayed away from this because it's very popular. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um... And like, I don't purposely not listen to bands just because they're popular, but I don't generally seek them out either, you know? Yeah. Like, same here. And so I ended up really enjoying it. Like, like a lot. I, I yes. never really got into, I did get into the strokes and hot, hot heat, but there were a lot of bands of that time that were sort of similar, you know, and I sort Absolutely. of didn't get into all of them. And so if someone said to me like, Oh, Arctic monkeys, they sound like the libertines or something. I'd be like, Oh, no, thanks on either. Yes. Of them. But yep. it actually, it's super good. I'm glad you picked it. And yeah, I very, I'm sure I'll check out more of their stuff now knowing that it's pretty good stuff. So, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you liked it, Eric. And I actually kind of figured you would yeah. Um, yeah. just, you know, based on kind of some of the stuff you, you have recommended it's, Definitely. Yeah, no. And I totally see what you're saying about the Arctic monkeys and how they were kind of, there was a lot, like I said, there was a lot of hype around them for a while. Yeah. And so sort of seemed, but I would actually recommend if you like this, I would recommend going back and listening to their first two okay. albums too. I will. Like yeah. both of them are really, really good. All right. So my second pick is a release by a project called Barad or maybe Barad, it's B-A-R-A-D. And the recording is called No Plants, Just Mansions. And this just came out. Um, it's only really on Bandcamp. Um, you can order it on cassette. I did. And it was awesome. And it is awesome. So anyway, how I heard of this was I used to be in a band called Los Voltage. And we played in Kansas City with a band called Meat Mist. And that had a person in it named Dan Ohm, who is a really nice person. I only met him maybe two or three times in my life, but really cool. Anyway, a little ways down the road, uh, him and Carrie Thomas had a band called uh, Phantom Head and they came to Iowa City. So I checked them out and I met Carrie and I don't know. We sort of hit it off, um, got along. And so I've sort of paid attention to what um, she's done since then. And so this uh, recording has Carrie Thomas and a person named Alex Liebman. Uh, so yeah, it's just the two of them. And I don't know which of them does what. There's a lot going on here. I hear bass, guitar, programming, percussion, a lot of saxophone. And I don't know who's doing what. It's not really listed. But um, so, yeah, uh, Carrie Thomas has been in a few different things uh, that I know. Phantom Head, uh, Burial Teens, um, Night Shading, I think, is her solo project. Um, anyway, they call this Acid Library Music is one of the uh, kind of descriptions on the Bandcamp campsite and i i can see that but i also think it feels a little more exciting than that you know uh acid library music to me kind of sounds like really mellow and um 
I I don't think that this is that. I think this mm-hmm. is really has a lot going on. It's really intriguing and definitely not. I mean, it might be relaxing in its own way, but I don't think it's purely mellow like that. Um, but yeah, it also has this pensive side to it. It's a little bit, it has a heaviness to it. And I don't mean that musically. I mean, like the sense, the feeling that it has, it, it, it's a little tense, you know, it has some tension to it. Yeah, it has a lot of saxophone. And I think it's really cool saxophone. It reminded me of, you know, like David Lynch kind of saxophone and mood and at times and stuff. But I think that he kind of takes that from more like film noir soundtracks, you know, from the 50s, things like that, 40s, 50s. And so I, even though I'm saying Lynchian, I think I'm really talking about this sort of like, um, naked city sort of uh, gangstery film noir kind of feel. And I think there's a lot of really cool percussion elements to this too. Like I said, it, a lot of it sounds like programming. A lot of it sounds like real drums or a combination of the two. It's uh droney at times. It's um, has a lot of electronic sort of atmosphere to it, but by no means is this like an ambient record in my mind. I, I think it moves and it changes continuously, you know, the whole time. To me, it's sort of like walking through a city at night. I know that sounds stupid, but like maybe just after it rained, you know, and there's just neon lights everywhere and it's like dark and dirty. And I don't know, it just set a really nice mood and it was a lot of fun. Things that it reminded me of were, and these are album specific because I don't want people to say, oh, it sounds like this band because I don't think it does or this composer or whatever. But things that it brought to mind for me were kind of like the record Night Flights by the Walker Brothers, um, the record United States of Islam by Muslim Gaz, the Twin Peaks score in general, but especially sort of the, they released a season two Twin Peaks record that had all of the, not just main themes, but all the incidental music too. And um, also it had a feeling of, I don't know if you've ever listened, Dan, to the Taxi Driver soundtrack by Bernard Herrmann. Or score. No, it's no, but I, I'm, I'm pretty familiar with that score though. Yeah. A little bit, yeah. just because I've seen the movie. Yeah. Right. Yep. So, and that feeling and some of the sounds uh, came to mind too. But yeah, I, w- I, I would find it nearly impossible to put this into a style of music because it changes so much and explores so much. But as far as an atmosphere, it really has a nice, um, cool city kind of dark. Yeah. Naked city kind of feel to it. And I don't mean the band naked city. Um, and I just, uh, I really, I really enjoyed it. So what do you think of it, Dan? Well, uh, the first thing that I wrote down and I left this description for quite some time in my notes mm-hmm. before I could add anything else was this might be the most unlike anything else I've ever heard thing that I've ever heard. Nice. <laughs> and it seriously, it defies description. Like it, it totally does set a mood. And I think that's fucking incredible because there's not very much music that I can say that about that. It's like, I mean, I struggled 
comparing this to anything. And that's, I love that. I love the challenge of that because I compare things, you know what I mean? It, it's just the easiest way for me to communicate mm-hmm. like, okay, if you like this, you're probably going to like this. You know what I mean? Uh, and this, like you said, the acid library music, mm-hmm. that's a really, really fitting description. But I also agree with you that I just think that this record is almost a little too hyper for that. Mm-hmm. It's in, in the best ways possible. Uh, the song church was the one that mm-hmm. really blew my mind. Yeah. Um, that's like acid gospel music. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just so good. Yeah. I mean, there's elements of almost everything here. Indie dream pop. Mm-hmm. There's even some like funk and soul, like weird R and B stuff kind of going on. Yeah. Like I mentioned gospel, even like some almost like drum and bass type mm-hmm. stuff, like kind of intertwined with the whole like ambience of it all. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's not an ambient record either. It's not in, and yeah, some of it's kind of drony, but it doesn't feel drony. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like it's really, it's really hard to uh, narrow down exactly what this is. And that that's so good. It's honestly one of the most interesting instrumental releases that I've ever heard this year or just any year really fantastic i love the name no plants just mansions there's something about that that i think is i don't know what their intent was but to Mm -hmm. me it sounds like a very kind of satirical take on human civilization as we know it today Mm -hmm. and i could be completely wrong about that that's my interpretation though yeah no plants just mansions Totally understand what you're saying about walking through the city at night on a, I, I don't even think after it rained, I think on a rainy night, yeah, for on sure. a, on a Saturday night, you're going to get some pizza <laughs> murder is going to be committed. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but I mean, it's just, it's got a very no R like sort of like yeah. it almost, it almost sounds like <laughs> the pages of like Frank Miller's Sin City. Right you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. audio version of that or like mm-hmm. the max mm-hmm. Sam Keith's the max. I don't know how familiar are you are with those comics, but Not very, yeah. Okay. Both of them, both of them take place in a very dark city. Like, mm-hmm. like it's almost like when you're reading those comics, it's like, do you guys ever wake up during the day? Yeah. <laughs> like, cause it seems like, the characters are always walking through dark alleys and that like daylight just doesn't exist in these comics. Mm -hmm. It's fantastic. And well, maybe it's not fantastic and probably would be horrifying if that were true, but (laughs) this, yeah, this record was so enjoyable, but horrifying at the same time and in the best possible ways. It really, I mean, I've never tripped on acid, but I could, only imagine that it kind of sounds like that in a in a in a, again this is all in a very good way right yeah i sure. i would recommend if you like the the names that i can think of that i mean godspeed mm-hmm. if you like godspeed this is almost like a twisted take on godspeed mm-hmm. in some ways oh mm-hmm. almost but it's not it doesn't really sound like godspeed either mm-hmm. you know what i mean and like, I don't know, I heard maybe a little bit. Yeah, like the Twin Peaks, uh, David Lynch type stuff. Mm-hmm. Hands down, 100%. Yeah. And again, Twin Peaks, 
very dark show you know yeah. there's there's that's more of like a dark town you know mm-hmm. but like yeah it this sounds like a score to like something i agree some like weird like movie like mm-hmm. yeah the good job guys i'm uh fantastic stuff and unfortunately it says that the cassette is sold out oh dang so i will have to just keep listening to this on Bandcamp. yeah and i will and i'll probably buy the digital version nice because i really want to support people who make art this intriguing this is really good so glad you picked this eric sweet Nice. I, I hope that they don't get mad at the uh, murder references that I made. I don't think that'll probably <laughs> be a problem. Yeah. Well, um, I can imagine someone getting a review for their record where someone says, you're in the city, you're going to get some pizza and murder is going to occur like that. <laughs> that's a good review. But then there was also like, okay, let me also add to that point. There's moments where this record is very colorful sounding too. For sure. There's Mo- moments where disco it, on it almost sounds like a hot you know? air balloon ride yeah. <laughs> at times on acid. Yeah. Maybe with murder occurring in the hot air balloon too. <laughs> I don't know. The but murder acid is implied. The yes. murder acid, hot air balloon yeah. escapade. No, there are a lot of fun moments on it too. Very so much so. Just like this moody sort of thing. I do think it's... um. I don't know. I don't want to use lame words, but like ponderous, it it seems like something to think to, you know? Yeah. But it's not all just that sort of dark noir element. There's a lot of fun on here too. And especially yeah, a lot of, the, a lot of the, joy. Yeah. A lot of, um, especially with the uh, percussion throughout, I think that yes. adds a really fun element. So yeah. there's one, there's one track and I actually think it is the track called Miami that actually, mm-hmm moment it sounds like they're playing miami bass in a club for like a minute yeah it's like really it's so cool and so hilarious but i you know and i don't know if it's meant to be hilarious but it's (laughs) i find it that way (laughs) yeah (laughs) i mean and that's that's it's great it's yeah i can't say anything bad about this release it's so nice nice thank you eric Mm -hmm. and thank you alex and carrie now we're on to um, The Center Won't Hold by Slater Kinney, which also has a Carrie in the band, mm-hmm. Carrie Brownstein. She really doesn't need any introduction at this point. Mm-hmm. Anybody who's watched IFC in the last, what, decade or something? Mm-hmm. I don't even remember when Portlandia came out. But, you know, she's definitely become somewhat of an icon. And really, Slater mm-hmm. Kinney have been an iconic sort of indie sort of punk band with some riot girl influences and things like that for quite some time. Um, And uh, this record, now this is actually kind of the opposite of my other pick humbug in terms of, is this my favorite release from Slater Kenny? No, it's not my favorite release from Slater Kenny, but I really like this album. This is, it's kind of a controversial and divisive record I've come to find out Hmm. from their fan base. And most of that is because uh, their drummer, former drummer, Janet Weiss departed from the band before this record came out. Hmm. And so I think most of it was done by Corinne Tucker, 
who was the singer and guitarist and Carrie Brownstein. Mm-hmm. And then they uh, worked with St. Vincent, who mm-hmm. actually helped produce the record. And so there's a little bit of a different take on Slater Kinney's sound kind of going on here. Mm. And I really like the direction that they kind of went with this. It has elements of sort of electronic. They're pulling in influences from like electro clash type stuff. Mm-hmm. Definitely a lot slower and less spastic than something like that. But, you know, there's also like, I mean, the, the first song musically sounds almost industrial and which is like nothing like Slater Kenny has ever sounded like in the past. Slater Kenny was pretty much a straight up rock band previously to this. There was maybe a little bit of experimentation kind of going on on some of their records, but for the most part, you pretty much knew kind of what you were going to get with Slater Kenny. I mean, obviously each record kind of sounded different, but I feel like with this one, they really kind of approached it with um, a lot of different ideas. Mm-hmm. Parts of it sound almost like a St. Vincent record. And I think St. Vincent probably had a lot to do with sort of the direction that um, Carrie and Corinne decided to go in. I actually reviewed this record on the Accelerator Thrust YouTube channel when it first came out. I don't remember what my review is like on that channel, mm-hmm. but I like this album a lot more now than I did then Mm. after listening to it a few other times. That's why I decided to pick it Mm -hmm. for this. I think that moments kind of almost have like a sort of like a singer songwriter, like ABBA seventies kind of influence to it as well. Mm -hmm. And there's definitely some moments that even kind of remind me of something like I don't know, like the radio version of like heart, you know, Hmm. like stuff like that. I mean, but like in a, through the filter of like punk rock more Mm -hmm. than something like that. You know what I mean? Um, There is definitely some guitar work on it for sure. Actually. I mean, there's a lot of guitar still, I would still say this is a rock record. Mm -hmm. I just think that it's maybe presented with more electronic elements than what this band you know, had previously worked with. And I think the songwriting's really good. I've always liked Corinne's vocals. You know, she's got this very soulful kind of bluesiness to her vocals that always worked well, surprisingly, with the, mm-hmm. even the more punkier side of Slater Kinney, which if you, if anybody who like is not familiar with Slater Kinney's early work, I would recommend checking it out. I think that they were a really, really, and I mean, they're still together now, but I think like they've always been a pretty consistently badass band. I've always enjoyed like what they've put out. Yeah. I would say if you're a fan of St. Vincent and you're a fan of like sort of stuff like ABBA, and if, if you're a fan of early Slater Kenny, I think all of that kind of in a blender and there's other influences I hear, but I can't quite, pull them out of my head right now. But if you're a fan of, you know, this band at all, and you kind of would like to hear maybe a different take and maybe you've already listened to it and you don't like it. I know that, like I said, there's seems to be a lot of people that it seems to be a record that a lot of their fans just seem to love or hate. And I think mm. this is just kind of where they were at the time. And this is two years ago. Um, 
this came out in 2019. And so, yeah. What'd you think, Eric? Well, yeah, it's, um, it's funny because you picked two things that I honestly just have never, never listened to. So Mm -hmm. I, I never listened to Sleater Kenny at all, but yeah, I, I liked it a lot. It wasn't, again, it wasn't what I expected. I feel like my review here is going to be almost just like my Arctic monkeys review because yeah it's really similar in a way not the music but my experience listening to it yeah so i didn't know what to expect it's interesting that you brought up the saint vincent thing because as far as the guitars go i definitely can hear it there's a lot of a lot of fuzz there's a lot of um sort of like glitchy fuzz if that makes any any sense like yes you know it pops in there's they're dry like extremely dry there's not for as much stuff that we review on this show that it's drenched in reverb this is not this is like super dry and straight and rocking and you know i thought that the songwriting was cool i i didn't know what i was getting into and so it's always hard when you know that a band is really influential and really well-respected and they have a body of work that, you know, probably changes and does different things. It's kind of hard to know what you're hearing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And so like this might've been a huge departure from their other stuff, but I wouldn't know. So I can't really hold that against it or anything like that. Um, The elements I liked of it though, were, I liked, the vocals and I'm not sure who exactly uh, does the lead vocals and does backup or if they share, like I looked at some live stuff and I saw both of them doing the lead vocals. So I have no idea, but either way, I like both of their voices a lot. Um, the The songs are like groovy and I mean, not groovy. Like if you're going to San Francisco, wear a flower in your hair, kind of groovy, but it, like, really drum heavy and they're in a groove but they're also super angular and i think that again that might be the saint vincent thing or that might be their sound um but i i really enjoyed it it this is going to sound ridiculous but to me it sort of sounded like a mellow atari teenage riot if that makes ah, any sense you that know, is actually like, a great description if you took out all of the noise and you took out all of the screaming and all of the anger and you had just good songs that's kind of what you end up with because it has so much energy it almost verges on feeling revolutionary in a way you know um vocally i thought that patty smith is a huge influence on this it has she has to be and a lot of like sonic youth elements not necessarily as far as the songwriting but how things are put together i think that there are lots of hidden cool sounds in the production a lot of cool little vocal parts like uh background vocal parts and yeah i just thought it it all it sounded really fun and it sounded cool and i need i feel like i'm at a loss for not hearing the rest of their stuff so I think I'm going to leave my review, which is not much of a review at all at that. And then, you know, maybe go back and hear some other stuff. So I actually know what I'm hearing because it's just hard to dive into one record and say, oh, 
you know, this is how I feel about this without knowing the other things they've done, you know? Yeah. And so uh, with that being said, I did really enjoy it. It's super good. Um, I love the songs. I love the guitar work. And yeah, so uh, I know that sort of sounds like a cop-out review of that, but it's, it's, I think I would really rather familiarize myself with the group a little more before. Um, well, yeah. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you said you liked it and that's, yes. you know, I mean, that's really all you need to, yeah, you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, but the thing is though, I totally get what you're saying. And like I said, this isn't my favorite Slater Kenny album. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of picked, the worst album to start people off with Slater Kenny, not in a bad, not, that doesn't mean like Slater Kenny, like that this is a bad record. Right. Um, what I mean is, is yeah, it, it, it is a departure from their earlier stuff. I would strongly mm -hmm. recommend you check out their earlier stuff. And I hope that doesn't like, you know, uh, frustrate you there, Eric. But no, no, no. I, no I thought that this, at all. it was just, I like just, I only could hear a few things in there and I know that that's not really accurate. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I know. thought that um, I just think that this is, even though it's not my favorite record by them, mm -hmm. I think it's their most interesting. Oh, because cool. of, yeah. because of what they, because of what they became on or what they're kind of the direction they're going now mm -hmm. as a band, a lot of people are really upset that Janet Weiss is no longer part of this band. Mm. And when you hear those early, earlier records, particularly dig me out, mm -hmm. um, the woods and my personal favorite is the hot rock. Mm -hmm. Um, and even the stuff before that call the doctor, which I actually don't think Janet Weiss was the drummer on, but mm. that stuff, you'll understand why some yeah. people have strong feelings about Janet. She was an amazing drummer. Cool. And yeah. it still is. I mean, I think she's still, I'm not sure if she still does the project quasi, which hmm. uh, I think was with her husband and I'm hmm. not sure if they're still together or whatever, but hmm. definitely familiarize yourself with cool. early Slater Kinney for sure. I will. But yeah, this record kind of lame coming into it saying, Oh, it's kind of like St. Vincent. It's kind of like Patty Smith. Sure. Kind of like La Tigre, you know, sure, sure. it's like if anyone else well, gave that review, I'd be like, well, that is not very helpful. <laughs> you know? Well, to be honest with you, I, I just said that it kind of parts of it reminded me of heart and yeah. <laughs> ABBA. And now yeah. I have to kind of rethink it. I'm like, did it really? But I don't know, for some reason, <laughs> there's a couple of songs that gave me that feeling and I gotcha. don't know why. And it probably doesn't sound anything like them, but the slower Atari teenage riot, that is actually, I think very accurate. Well, it was just more the energy of it, you know? It's yeah. Like, yeah. Like a lot of energy. So that's totally, but you know, that first song though, it definitely, it almost sounded almost industrial. To yeah. Me. Yeah. It, it was, it, this all had a more electronic sound to it than I expected. So. Sure. Sure. Mm -hmm. Um, speaking of sounds, uh, but you know, super, <laughs> super like heavy sounds like yeah. unbelievably heavy sounds. Mm. Um, I don't know if anyone's familiar with this band called Closet Witch. Um, I feel like they're a band that, you know, like, I, I don't know. If if there's anybody out there that has heard of this obscure band from Iowa um, that listens to this, please let us know. I've never heard of them. I, Eric, have you heard of them? 
closet witch, right? Yeah, uh, closet witch. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I have heard of them. Okay, all right. Uh, help us out. We know nothing about these people. Um, I just, you know, we we need to know. Uh, psych. Uh, (laughs) you got them (laughs) i got them dude did you see the look on their faces oh man Uh, all right (laughs) anyway plaza which is um this band from iowa and Mm -hmm. two of their members live in muscatine and one of their members lives in burlington and one in keokuk so there's some there's some travelers yeah and uh they um, are uh, part of my musical DNA because I've played uh, in bands with them. I, that sounds kind of weird, doesn't it? But anyway, <laughs> um, I played in bands with two of their members. And shared DNA. And Is that what you were saying? <laughs> our shared DNA. I um, mean, I've shared DNA with every person I've been in, in a band with, but. They are so going to unfriend story. me after they're, they're so going to unfriend me after this review. Um, uh, all right. But um, <laughs> anyway, uh, good people, Alex, Royce, Corey, and Molly. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, they, they just released a new two song EP called Mellification, which I think must be kind of a teaser for their upcoming second full length. Mm-hmm. I don't know when that's going to be coming out, but yeah, these are the two heaviest songs from them so far, I would say. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, it's no mistake that this is closet, Witch. this is like them at just their freaking heaviest, man. The Mm -hmm. guitar tones are just unbelievable, but I don't think that closet, Witch is just doing the same thing over and over again with these two songs either. I think they're breaking mm-hmm. some new ground in their sound a little bit. I hear, especially on the second track. Dogs running. Yeah. Dogs running. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, they, uh, I hear like, particularly in the last like half or so, some really strong, like almost shoegazy slash mm-hmm. emo elements creeping in. Like Alex is using some, I, I want to say it's delay. I mean, who knows what that mm-hmm. guy is using for effects. Mm-hmm. He's a very um, pretty knowledgeable gearhead uh, from, from, from just spending some time talking to him about that stuff. Yeah. I mean, this is just like heavy, intense stuff. And it's just, it's like everything this band does. It's just forms this amazing, intense ball of like, just in your face noise that just smacks you upside the head and it's really fast in some parts but also like i mean do me in -hmm. some parts it's just really yeah some of the most intense stuff that i've heard in a long time from anybody molly's vocals are just as heavy and just in your face as ever the guitar just screams at you. The drums, Corey's bass, you can always hear that mm-hmm. uh, is just rumbling through the whole thing. Like, I can't really say much more. This is just mm-hmm. a badass closet witch release that makes me excited for the new full length. And I'm glad to be friends with these guys. If you yeah. like atmospheric black metal, grindcore, 
really heavy, like almost power violence type stuff. Converge, Circle Takes the Square, any of that stuff. And also even some doom metal. This is the band for you, man. And and the way that it's recorded, the way that it's produced, it, mm-hmm. it's just, it's heavy as hell, man. What mm-hmm. did you think, Eric? Yeah, you said heavy as hell. My first note is heavy as shit. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like it a lot. I, I like Closet Witch, um, and I like them as people. I um, actually saw them over the weekend here in Iowa City. I saw Molly and Corey and Alex Yeah, and uh, talked to them for a second. But I did get verification that these are tracks that were made at the same time as the uh, upcoming full length. Yep. Um, they just They just didn't fit or something like that. But yeah, so it's exciting because I feel like we're getting a taste of what we're going to get with the full length, which is awesome. Um, I've never heard Closet Witch sound heavier than this. Like, me neither. Like, at all. Like, the playing is super tight. It feels intricate. I don't know how to play grindcore. I don't know how to play music this intense and fast and... So I'm sure that the technical proficiency involved is insane. Yes. But sometimes when that happens, I don't like it or I don't even know what it takes to play it. With this, it sounds very intricate. It sounds hard to write and hard to play and hard to arrange. And it's awesome. It's Mm -hmm. super fast and heavy and brutal. But like you said, I think they're sort of going into some newer uh, realms that I haven't really heard as much. It's getting spacier. They're allowing the songs to uh, sort of unfold within themselves. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. I think that the songs go a lot more places than previous stuff I've heard. And with the effects, I do think it gets almost into, yeah, some, it's hard to say shoegaze when I'm talking about this release, but it does get into a little more spacey places than I've heard them go into before. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, like I said, I just feel like the songs are they're They're letting them breathe a little bit with this. You know, you do get sort of some moments of reflection and, and dynamics. And I think that that's really cool because then when things hit, they're even more intense, you know, when they come back. And so, mm-hmm. um, and I think uh, Molly's vocals sound just completely sick. I've never, I don't think I've heard her vocals sound like this before now. And yeah. and again, some things I listen to in preparation for the show in the car, sometimes in headphones, it just, kind of depends this one i listen to extremely loud in the car and there is so much low end on these vocals i can't i can't believe it like yeah it's almost guttural at times and oh yeah it's just so brutal and uh yeah. amazing vocals um but yeah it makes me really uh stoked for the um upcoming full length yeah um, and i think it's it's going to be awesome I super bad want to make it to their show um, in September, uh, September 9th. I think we mentioned that on the last show, but 
I'll mention it again because it's going to be with uh, Justice Fetish from Des Moines and Negative Approach. Everyone should go to that show. Uh, I think it's going to be sick. That's going to be in Des Moines. And yeah. yeah, Closet Witch is awesome. I think the music's only becoming better and heavier and more interesting. Uh, and I'm super stoked to hear the new full length. So Wouldn't it be funny if... Um... Now this is not going to happen in reality because this is in my mind, and uh, but wouldn't it be funny if like they're preparing us for a uh, ska album? Oh man, I'd be like, it. like 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 yeah, we didn't mention that the two tracks on this record, uh, you know, are the last time you're going to be hearing you know yeah. anything this heavy from us. The new name is Skazet Witch. Skazet Witch. <laughs> Really that sucks. sounds like a fucking brand of like a microwavable grilled cheese. Scosset <laughs> witch. Scosset witch. Oh, <laughs> like, man, I have never heard grind ska, and I am really excited to hear it. Now. Well, the closest I've heard is this band called um, Leftover Crack. Oh yeah, sure. And well, then there's also um, Choking Victim. They kind right. of, but they weren't really grind. They were just no. metal at times. No, I think Closet Wish should just add a trombone, and that I mean that would be fine. That's all <laughs> just, we need. Just a trombone, that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like there could be like these ska breakdowns that are like kind of like it'd be like No Doubt meets Converge. Well, uh, if they don't do it, I'm I am going to. So Scazet, assuming they're like... not going to do it, 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 get a hold of me if you want to be in a uh, grind ska band. Well, what it could be is it doesn't could be grind a ska... ska already sound like a type of like a genre yeah it does actually yeah uh, see well it could be a, a ska tribute to closet which we could just do like closet witch oh, songs yeah you know with horns and the horn can <laughs> mimic molly's vocals i we got a plan yeah i'm really looking forward to hearing her ska vocals on the next record though that's <laughs> that's i really want to hear what she does in her i don't know what a, there was no doubt what other like ska band maybe she'll like kind of do like a tim armstrong impression or something oh, yeah. like you know uh time bomb type stuff mm -hmm. anyway i'm getting off of this conversation <laughs> now if they want to unfriend me you know go right ahead Closet, <laughs> which it, I it won't be guys. the first time we've lost friends over Scott. that's right? true <laughs> oh yeah ska is like the uncoolest Ooh. thing in yeah, 2021 friend killer it is a friend killer <laughs> Awesome. Hey, um, Alex, Corey, Roy Smalley, tell us what you think of the of the term Skazit Witch, because I think that's unbelievable. Be interested in hearing the takes. I'm I'm super, super excited to hear it. Closet Witch. <laughs> Fucking buy it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so that concludes um the reviews. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm, don't forget, Ska is the friend killer. Ska is the friend killer. Ska There's, is the little death that brings I, total obliteration. There may be three titles to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there, this this was a good one, Eric. I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> so we're, we're like just gonna... you're saying that during the episode. Oh, well, we yeah. fucking nailed it, guys. <laughs> I, I hope you're enjoying the show because I mean, yeah, this dude. is as good as it's gonna this get. Is, seriously guys this is like 
I feel like we've actually hit like a high mark with this. Yeah, one. this like, might be the last episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go quit out while, on top, man. Quit while we're ahead. <laughs> like, oh my god, you just never know, guys. Um, so yeah. Uh, so uh, anyway, you, should, you, you guys should give us like some feedback. Like, yes. you know, hey, are we? Is this just something that like just no, guys, no, or is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and just uh, yeah. you know is it no guys no or yeah 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 those are your <laughs> no. options <laughs> no guys no <laughs> but um, i like the feedback idea and yes. i think that if you if you want us to review something you like then tell us if you have a band you want us to review then tell us if your friends have a band that you want us to review just tell us we'll be stoked to do it and also if you guys ever want to review us feel free yeah yeah uh yeah you could do that if you send us a review of us we'll read it on on the <laughs> podcast How's yes that? we'll read it out loud you tell us what you think of us yes we'll read it weekly the you tiers. know what let's shoot for that weekly reviews of dan and eric yeah yeah tell let's us do that guys think. yeah tell us what you think and uh yeah we'll read it out on air yeah, yeah that that sounds great yeah, and I check think that's us, gonna go really well. So check us on the social medias. <laughs> yeah. And uh Instagram, that's where you Facebook. Instagram, Facebook, that's where you can review us. Yeah. Send us or, a message. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Well, guys, awesome. It's been another week. It <laughs> it's has been, been another, another week. week. Yes. Yes. Thank you for listening. And uh don't forget to score those Limp Biscuit uh, tickets because you never know when they're going to be rescheduled. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because they sold out within minutes. So within minutes. Yes. Yeah, All right, there. guys. All right. <laughs> Have a good night, everybody. Bye. <laughs> oh, my. I don't know how to play grindcore.